0: Life
1: Audio Hey there, Heather Creekmore here. I'm so glad you're listening to the Compared to Who Show today. Today I'm talking to my friend Rachel Adams about significance. I think significance is something that a lot of us struggle with. Rachel's an author and she's host of the Love Offering podcast. She just finished a book talking all about little things we can do to make a difference in our lives and to feel more significant. I think you're really gonna love what she has to say. And just as a reminder, coaching is open. So grab a coaching spot with me, go to compare me and look for the coaching tab if you want extra help walking through your body image or comparison journeys. This interview with Rachel is so encouraging, especially at the end, we get some really good stuff. So I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's go. The pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Today I am really excited because my friend Rachel Adams is here. She's going to help me unpack a word that's a big word. It's a loaded word for so many of us. And that word is significance. Rachel Adams, welcome to the Compared to Who show today. Hey, Heather.
0: It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about significance. I mean, do do you think everyone longs for significance, Rachel? You know,
0: I really do. I think we're all here on earth for some reason, and we want our life and our time here to count. And I think where we kind of get hung up and the tension in this is that often, you know, we look at this culture that continues to say like, you've got to go big or go home, like bigger yeah. is better. And yet we look at our own lives and we think, well, gosh, my life is super small, super ordinary, <laughs> very mundane. How can I make a big difference with my little small life? And so I think that that is this, this tension. And it's, per- it's a tension I've wrestled with personally. Like I want my life to count Lord, but does it? And so I think that that is something that is really a universal feeling for us all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I love how you said tension, right? Cause it's like in one, on one side, you feel like you're being pulled. Like I've got to do something big to matter. And then the other side, it's like. But my life is filled with all these little things I have to do every day. Like, I just remember being in like the baby toddler years where it was like the most significant thing I do all day is change diapers and fill sippy cups, right? How, how does the woman listening today who feels like she's like pulled more towards the, the little things that consume my day every day, like pulled more towards that, how does she find significance, Rachel? Any ideas?
0: Yeah. Oh gosh. I have so many ideas on this. And I mean, I'm literally just thinking about my day today. Today I woke up, I had coffee. I had some quiet time. I packed my kids' lunches. I took them to school. I went for a walk at the gym, talked to maybe a few people, went to the grocery store, maybe talked to the clerk. I came home, um, took my dogs on a walk, unpacked the groceries, made some beds, threw some I'm closing the, in the laundry. I put a meal in the crock pot. I like took a shower. (laughs) I'm having a conversation with you. I'm going to go pick up my kids in a little bit from school. We're going to do some homework and eat a meal, maybe watch a show. And I think that like, whatever your to-do list is, you know, if you've been at work at the cubicle with somebody next, next to you at work, or if you have been at the park or at the gym or whatever you've been doing, we can start to just look and be like, okay, I did that today. And I'm going to do the exact same thing tomorrow and probably the exact same thing the next day. And like, just like, Lord, does this matter at all? And so what I really just want to um, just speak to the heart of everybody listening is, is yes, it does. God is in Every ounce of that. He's in every single moment of our days. And I think it's just a perspective shift. I think it's just to to wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I want you to be, I want to feel your presence today. Holy Spirit, speak to me throughout my day. Let me be in tune with your spirit. And so, whoever I'm around or wherever I go or whatever I'm doing, make this a holy
1: moment. Use this for your kingdom and for your glory. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I'm just thinking, like, you know, my. My day, if I were to recount it, is maybe even slightly less eventful than yours, right? And I'm thinking like, wow, like we have this idea in our heads, I think. And you tell me if, if I'm wrong on this from your perspective, but I think we believe that everyone leads more glamorous lives than we do. Is that, is that true for you? 100%. <laughs> yeah, Is that social media? Where do you think that comes from?
0: I do think it's social media. I think we are our, our neighborhood has grown, you know, like mm-hmm. back in biblical times, you may be like looking at the people and comparing yourself to the the people that literally live right next door to you. Like, Oh, that woman is really beautiful. Or maybe she keeps the clean cleaner house or, or makes better meals than I do. Yeah. <laughs> but now because of social media and because of just, you know, websites and online and magazines and books and all the things, there's all this pressure. Our neighborhoods have gotten really, really big. So we're just, we're not only comparing ourselves to the people um, right next door, but we're comparing ourselves to people all around the world. We're even comparing ourselves to what we used to be in previous seasons. I know I'm getting ready to turn 40 this year and my body and and my mind and my energy level and all the things that I used to be able to do. I'm not actually able to do the things that I used to do when I was in my 20s. And so I can't even compare myself um, um, to, to that. And so I think that the This is just such a tactic from the enemy, really. You know, he wants to keep our eyes off of what God has given us in our current, um, our current circumstances and our current minds and our current bodies and our current hearts. And he wants us to distract us and, and keep our eyes away from what God has given us now. I mean, that's what he did with, with Adam and Eve in the very beginning. I mean, they had perfection in the garden of Eden and what did he do? He took their eyes off of something to distract them for, for something different and something bigger and something better. And if he can do that, then he's, he's got victory. Right. And there's right. really is so much at stake. and um, because then if we don't think what we're doing matters and, um, who we are even matters, then we're, we have a tendency to not to do anything at all. Yeah.
1: yeah, you're right. You're right. Cause it defeats you instead of saying, okay, like, like you mentioned earlier, how can I just give this day to the Lord? How can I invite him into my mundane and understand that there's still significance there instead of doing that? We're like, oh, I give up. <laughs> I can never be as awesome as that person or, you know, and and so much of it, our brain just fills in these spaces that with lies, right? Like, you know, I, th- I think most of what we see on social media, not that people are intentionally trying to mislead us, maybe some are, but I think most of what we see, we just see a little tiny bit. And then our brain fills in all these false details <laughs> around that. And, and we end up driving ourselves crazy with the comparison. So, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate that. Well, okay. So if it's okay, if it's enough to find significance in the everyday, what, what does that really look like? Rachel, like, how do we take the pressure off from trying to figure out this big, magnificent thing we're going to do? Like, is there biblical examples of that? Yeah, I mean, I think the the key for me, because
0: um, you know, when when I, I mentioned struggling with this tension in my own heart and in my own life, and I I just, you know, when we when we struggle and we have tension, we have to go to God's word. That's where the wisdom is, and so that's where I went. And in Scripture that's where we find our significance you know the the Bible says that we are God's workmanship we, we' are his masterpiece we are fearfully and wonderfully made we are created in his image and because he obviously is very significant I mean he he is God um then then we are too and and as believers we have the Holy Spirit residing in us and so if he's living inside of us then we are significance so we have this inherent value and worth simply because we are his. Beloved children, and so I think we really have to start there. That is, um, that's part one, so to speak. So it's like we're His workmanship. That's Ephesians two ten. But the rest of that verse is is that we're created in advance to do good works. So there there's not necessarily anything bad about doing good things and trying to do good works. God has that for us to to do. I think that the the issue is is not um, we want to not gain our value from the work we do, but there is value in the work we do. And I think that that is, is what we really have to settle in our hearts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Well, the other thing, you know, I know I've heard you tell a story about sacrifice and I think it's really interesting to think about as we think about the word significance to think about the word sacrifice in there, right? Because Jesus of course, did the most significant thing in history by doing what? By sacrificing his life. And so culture tells us to be significant, we have to strive and do all these things, right? And just be the best and push everyone else out of the way so that we can be number one. And yet, sacrifice might be more important to our significance than anything else. So would you tell everyone the story I'm thinking of? It has to do with you at a writer's conference. Would you share that story right after our break? Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth.
0: favorite stories because it made such a big difference um, in my life. And so I so I am a writer and this was before um, I had first released my book and I was at a writer's conference called She Speaks. And this was the very first time that I've ever written a proposal. I was very overwhelmed just with the amount of people there. And again, back to the comparison, thinking, gosh, everybody else is more accomplished than I am. Everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody knows each other. And I just felt like a fish out of water. Like I should not be here. I was just so discouraged in so many ways at that writer's conference. had had some uh, meetings with acquisitions editors and agents and had been rejected and went back to my uh, hotel room at one point and just thought to myself like, Lord, I've heard you wrong because I had been rejected mm-hmm. so many times. And um, just really just down and, and confused. And that one evening at that conference, I went down to one of the little socials and uh, this this woman that I met there, her name is Micah. And she said, you know, Rachel, I don't know why, but I just feel like the Lord is telling me to give you my, um, my appointment with an acquisitions editor. And I kind of, and those are like gold for, for Mm -hmm. those that that are listening, that are not in the writing industry. I mean, at this writer's conference that we paid a lot of money to go to, or I paid a lot of money to go to, um, and a lot of time invested time away from family and all the things you could get maybe two, maybe three appointments. Well, this woman, instead of her taking that appointment, Mm -hmm. because she had paid to get there, she wanted, um, a book to be published. I mean, she, she had all the reason to go to this appointment. She had no reason um, to give that appointment to me. But she wanted to. And so I looked at her. I'm like, I cannot take your appointment. Like, this is, I mean, yes, of course I would love to have it, but I can't take it. And she said, yeah. No, I I feel like it would be disobedient mm. um, to the Lord. It would be disobedience if I didn't give it to you.
1: Mm. And so I said,
0: Well, okay, you pray about it. And then okay, we exchange numbers. I mean, t- keep in mind, this is the very first time I had ever met this woman. Wow. And <laughs> so it was just amazing. Yeah. And so we exchanged numbers. And the next morning, I just received a text from her and it was actually a picture. And she had gone to, um, I guess, the the main organizers of the conference. She had marked out her name um, mm-hmm. and then she had written my name in um, in her place. And it was just this beautiful, I, I mean, honestly, I just cried. I could yeah. not believe how generous and kind and sacrificial she could be to, to lay down her dream and something she wanted so much um, for a stranger, honestly, yeah. for somebody that she didn't even know. And wow. just out of obedience to the Lord and listening to the Holy Spirit and the prompting. And as I would have it, I went to that, that next meeting and the person I met with, she loved my concept. Um, I ended up not necessarily being, um, signing with that, um, publishing agency. Um, but at the same time, it just gave me just such, um, an encouragement and, and such a life lesson. I think beyond mm-hmm. that, I mean, here it's been almost five years later and I still am talking about, um, her sacrificial act. And it just reminds me of, of what Jesus did for us. I mean, he laid down his life and he says mm-hmm. that we're to lay down our lives for our friends too, that that's love and we're supposed to love as he's first loved us. And, you know, it's not necessarily like in a physical, like I, I'm going to literally die, but it's laying down our needs and our wants yeah. and our desires for somebody else for the sake of others. And gosh, what an impact that can make. It certainly did in my life. And it's something that I just am so, um, I don't know, it was such an, a significant moment in my life. And I pray that I can, I can do the same for, for somebody else um, yeah. in the future.
1: Oh, I love that story so much. Well, it's really, it's, she laid down her selfish ambition. Mm -hmm. right? Which is what scripture tells us to lay down. But wow, it's hard in a world that tells you the only way you'll be significant is if you're ambitious, right? So your, your book, I'll, I'll, I'll tell everyone about it is a book full of little things we can do on the quest of significance. What, what comes to your mind, Rachel, as you think of little things we can do, like, what are some of your favorite little things?
0: You know, this is this is just something. It's the book is a little goes a long way, and it's fifty two days to a significant life. And you know, the the key is is as we've been talking, like we're already living a significant life. Mm. I think that we just don't realize it, and that a significant life is much simpler and smaller than we think that it is. And you know, to your point earlier, we were talking about kind of looking at everybody's highlight reels, and I think that we're even tempted to look at the biblical characters their lives hmm. as highlight reels you know we can read through Joseph's story in one sitting we can read through David's we can read through Jesus's story if we really yeah. were um feeling um especially ambitious in a day you know to read through the gospels in a day and so we can start to but really that Jesus's whole life on earth was 33 years but yet we can read it in one sitting and so Um, I think that we just need to be mindful of that, that even Jesus, I mean, he was born as a baby in the tiny town of Bethlehem and um, never traveled outside a hundred mile radius. He walked everywhere he went. He shared meals. He prayed with people. He held children. He, um, He washed his disciples' feet. He shared one cup of water with one woman beside the well. Mm -hmm. And so if nothing was too insignificant for the Savior of the world, then nothing is too insignificant for us. Like we can do those exact same things. We can share meals with people. Mm -hmm. We can pray with other people. We can... Simply just encounter people on our walks you know, yeah. and have conversations and say hello and write notes to people and just say encouraging words and kind words to people. Those are little things that we can honestly often, um, discount and think, gosh, there's no way that God can use those. But I think that if we start to really reflect and record and think about the ways that God has worked in our lives and the way, um, that, that we, he has seen, we've seen him use us in our own lives. I think that you'll start to be encouraged and and start to believe that a little really does go a long way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, and as you're talking, I was just thinking about how, I think it's a a lie of the enemy (laughs) that we will feel more significant when everyone notices us and praises us and gives us glory. But what I've noticed is from, from my body image struggle, which I think my body image struggle was a lot about like wanting more glory for myself. But from those days to now where God has changed my heart to kind of focus on, okay, how can I notice others instead of wondering if people see me and what they think of me, like how it's a weird shift, but it's like when we notice the significance of others, I think we feel more significant ourselves. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I actually agree. And I have, um, I have a love offering blog series, and I actually just received a submission today and that's coming to my mind. And she was talking about it's from Rebecca Levake, and she was writing about how she and her children would go to a nursing home to serve, mm. and her children would often just actually most weeks would just be like, oh, "We don't want to go, mm. like this is not fun, Mom." Yeah, <laughs> and um, she she would respond back like, "No, we we're going to bless these people. It's going to be great." And she would say every time we would leave the place and we would have smiles on our face and our hearts would be full. Mm -hmm. And she said it would just, it was just, it felt wrong. Like here we went to go bless these people, but yet we in turn um, were blessed. But then she came to the realization, like, it's okay. That's actually how God's kingdom works. The more we give. Um, the more than that we receive and it's like the cyclical nature. And to your point, like the more that we build somebody up, the more we then feel build up, the more we make other people significant or feel significant, then we then feel significant. It's kind of like that God's upside down economy um, and that we just can't quite understand. But I have found that so much in my life that, the more that I offer God's love, the more I feel loved, the more I feel like I have to offer. And I think that if you will just try God on that, like continue, not, not to, not to necessarily get something, um, in, in receipt for what we do, you know, you don't, you know, it's not about reciprocity. It's not that at all. It's just that that's just the way that God's kingdom works is, is kind of, um, the more we give, the more we really do receive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and he does tell us to try him on that. So I I love that. But yeah, you know, it's the word significance, I think is so loaded for us, because we feel like it's something we have to do. But maybe it's something we receive when we are doing what God wants us to do in other areas, just, you know, living our lives on purpose for his purpose. I don't know. That's just kind of what's coming to mind as I, I think about just the, the contrast of the striving versus God's call to just rest and be yoked to him. You know, I
0: really, I recently had, um, a a health, issue and I had to have surgery and I was in bed for almost two months and just healing and Um, You know, so much of my makeup, my my heart and just my, you know, even growing up, my dad would have us sign contracts of when we would achieve certain goals and by what date, and we would sign it just, you know, like I'm very task oriented, very performance oriented just to give everybody kind of a little bit of context to the story. And so when I was kind of sidelined for two two months and not able to walk my dogs, not able to do laundry, not able to clean the house and do the dishes and, and even drive my car to take my kids to the places that they... I mean, literally I'm laying in bed, reading books and maybe praying some and like watching some TV. I mean, literally I was, um, just, I don't know, just not very productive at all. And so I was really struggling with not feeling significant and I didn't realize how much pressure I put on myself. To, to, do. And that, you know, that's when, if I mark everything off of my to-do list for the day, I'm like, oh, I had a good day. Hmm. And if I didn't, then I feel like I had a bad day. My life wasn't as valuable that day. And that's yeah. an issue because yeah. that could not be further from the truth. And so, you know, here I have written this book and yet I'm still struggling with, with that. And, you know, like even my daughter was sick recently and my husband came home from work and, He said, you know, how was your day? And I'm like, oh, I've not accomplished anything today. Mm. He was like, Rachel, yes, you did. You you (laughs) sat and took care of our daughter. Like there's nothing more important that you could have done today. And so it was just, it's, it's, I even need these reminders that no matter what I have done that day, that God still loves me simply for who I am. And, you know, I think of even my children, when they were first born, when I first held them for the very first time, I loved them, not because of anything they'd done, just because of simply who they are. And then I even think of my, my husband's grandmother, who's in a nursing home, you know, she's not able to do many of the things that she used to be able to do, you know, when she was raising children or in the workforce and, but yet she still has just as much value. And so no matter what season of life you find yourself in, we all have significance. Just yeah. simply for who we are, God is pleased with us just because again, we are created in his image. And so that's more than anything else. I hope that people hear is like, you're significant simply for who you are and you're loved simply for who you are apart from what
1: you do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you juxtapose. You know your husband's grandma in the nursing home and and kids, right? Like I think that's a really good way to remind ourselves, right? Because you know, hopefully no one listening would be like, oh yeah, those people in the nursing home—they're washed out; they're not valuable anymore, right? But when you you know when you stop and think, oh wait, but if I am defining my value by just my productivity, that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. in essence, and I I wouldn't want to say that. So I think that's a really great reminder that oh. No, it's, it's not what we do. It's, it's who we are and really whose we are, I think, too. So Rachel, you wrote this book. Sounds like for yourself, which is, I think, why we all write books (laughs) Mm -hmm. for ourselves, right? The fact that anyone else gets to read them and learn anything from them. That's, that's a bonus, but I don't know. At least I've noticed that God has me write books about stuff I need to work on. Um, But it's a really great little book. It's a beautiful little book, 52 Days to a Significant Life. And you have little devotionals about what a little goes a long way. Just Can you tell everyone more about, about the book and what they could expect to find there? Yeah. You know, each, so
0: there's like, for example, there's like a little encounter goes a long way. And so I tell a story about a woman named Emily that I worked with the very first job out of college. And she was um, a really strong believer and she really lived out her faith on a day-to-day basis. And it was the first time I really realized that I could, I could spend time and have a relationship with God now here on earth. And it would make a difference for me, not just waiting for eternity, that benefit of, yeah. of being in heaven with him someday. And I'm just reminded of, of how much every little encounter, you know, think about how many people we encounter on a given day. I, I challenge everybody to kind of, um, to count the people that you, uh, that you, that you, cross paths with, um, in your day. And, and what if you said maybe a little hello and you smiled at them and you, um, maybe just looked them in the eye. Those are all Mm -hmm. devotions too. a little conversation, a little look, um, a, a little, uh, presence, you know, it's, it's a little bit of time, all of those things, none of those things cost anything. Yeah. It's just a little bit of intentionality. Yeah. And so what does it look like to encounter somebody along your day and to maybe invite them to come to church or invite them to share a meal with you or invite them to, um, to just come over and, and spend time with you for a cup of coffee, like whatever that may be, like, just pay attention to your days and then look and, and ask God, like, will you please use this, use this again to further your kingdom for your glory. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that. So where I live in Austin, there's a really big um, homelessness issue. And I don't know where I picked this up, <laughs> Rachel, but your your concept of just a little look. Somewhere along the lines, I read or heard something that talked about how I, it was an interview with homeless people or something, but but the homeless person interviewed expressed that They're rarely dignified by people like looking them in the eye, you know, when they drive by and see them or whatever that and and what a difference that made. And ever since I heard that, whenever I'm stopped at the light and there's homeless people, there's and there's always homeless people in this one corner that I have to drive by and three or four times a week. I do like I dignify, like I look them in the eye and I smile or, you know, (laughs) acknowledge that they're people. And sometimes, I mean, it might be embarrassing to admit, but it's like, sometimes I get choked up (laughs) when I do that. And it's, it's ridiculous, right? I didn't do anything. I just looked them in the eye, but I do think it makes such a difference when we do some of these little things to just acknowledge yeah, I see you. And, and how many of the people in our lives—not homeless people necessarily—but how many people that we see every day, like the grocery store clerk or the Target clerk or the teacher standing there waiting for you to pick up your kids, like just need us to look them in the eye. And, and I see you. Thank you. You know, you're valuable in God's eyes. Like those kind of things that we can communicate just with little looks. So I, I, I love, I love, love, love that encouragement.
0: Well, you know, I was just going to say that's, it's interesting because on one of the days there is a little look and I have a friend, her name is Jill and she was walking along the road in a big city and she saw a homeless person and she looked at him in the eye. And he actually said to her, do you see me? Hmm. And she, responded of course I see you and he said nobody ever sees me yeah and it was a challenge for me too Heather like okay if something as simple as a look can make somebody feel validated and and valued and maybe that that's that's all it was, you know, we'll never see the tangible impact of that. And I think that that's what we struggle sometimes too. It's like, if I'm going to plant the seed, I'm going to do this little deed, or I'm going to, you know, whatever, send this little text or give this encouraging word. We want to see fruit from that. Like we want to see immediate harvest and experience that and (laughs) and receive that validation kind of that we talked about earlier. But sometimes we may not even see that until eternity, but we just have to trust that God is going to use it. Like when we partner Mm -hmm. with him, he's the one that takes it a long way. We just have to be obedient and willing and say, yes to, to do what he's called us to do.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I'm even thinking like, okay, call me crazy here. Maybe you have something about this in the book too, but like just even sometimes seeing the people in our own family, as weird as Mm. that may sound, Mm. right? We're busy. And I know I was having challenges with, so I homeschool and I was having challenges with one of my kids a number of years ago. He was just kind of in that third, fourth grade stage of homeschooling a boy where it's just a little bit of a nightmare and homeschooling moms might understand that. But I remember God telling me like I just needed to see him and. And so I started just kind of giving him more focused attention, not necessarily around like school things, but just like, like really focusing on making eye contact with him. Because you know how, when you're kind of upset with someone, you kind of avoid eye contact. And I had been doing that, right? Because he was just, oh, I was so frustrated. I wasn't like really looking at him or, or even with our, our mates or spouses, you know, just like, looking him in the eyes, letting him know that we see them. I don't, I don't know. I just, there's, there's more there, Rachel, that, that might be your next book. (laughs) No, I mean, because again, you know, this is something that I'm still
0: working on. I mean, just, just several months ago, my daughter, I was busy, you know, packing lunches or unloading the dishwasher or laundry or something. And she looked at me and she said, mom, will you come sit with me? And I said, why do you, do you need help with your homework? She's like, no, I just, I just want you to be with me, mm. <laughs> you mm. know, like where I think that all she's going to feel more love because of all the things I'm doing for her. She right. just wants to, me to be with her. And and then another day soon after that, <laughs> I'm ashamed to say, she's like, mom, you haven't even hugged me yet today. Uh, like, yeah. Oh again because i was just busy doing and and so it it is it's just this reminder of okay it it again it's not hard all these things are really easy we just have to be really intentional and mindful to slow down and to add some space and and honestly to put down our phones to take mm-hmm. out our earbuds even put down you know turn off the tv you know even mm-hmm. turn off the radio sometimes like let's let's actually spend time together listening to one another looking at each other and having some conversation and i think um and this is a challenge for me this is again not anything i have perfected by any means and so it's just as good of a reminder for me today and i pray that it's just a little bit of encouragement conviction not condemnation to anybody right. listening but conviction just to 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 add that space and spend time with one another because we don't know time is but a vapor and we can't get it back
1: yeah well and and if you think about it what makes someone significant to me, like this is going to sound so totally selfish in the way I phrase this. And I don't mean it selfishly, but just for illustration purposes, like what makes someone significant to me is really how well they love me. Not like what they're accomplishing or what they're doing. Right. It's like, like you said, with your daughter, like what what makes our our kid as significant to our kids is, is the attention we show them how loved they feel by us. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just fascinating how the enemy tricks us into, into thinking we need to be significant in other ways when oh, all they need is that, that little look or that little, that little moment. So, Rachel, thank you so much for, for sharing this message. I think this is such a good message that everyone needs to hear. And I hope everyone will check out your book. Tell us more about where to get your book and, and really where to connect with you. You've got a great podcast. Um, tell us more. Well, and that's how we connected, Heather,
0: years ago was was with the Love Offering podcast. And you are my guest. And and, and I think that that even goes to show you too, you know, you can have one simple conversation and then years later, you just never know how God is going to bring that um, around. And so um, I'm just just so thankful for you and your heart and your ministry and um, for this opportunity. And I love to have conversations um, with everybody. Cause I really do believe that they can go a long way. So you can find me at Rachel Adams author on Instagram and Facebook. And then my website is rachelkadams.com. And you can buy the book wherever books are sold and listen to the podcast um, on any listening platform.
1: Awesome. And the book is called a little goes a long way, 52 days to a significant life. And I'll put links to you and your site and your podcast and the book all in the show notes. Well, Rachel, I, I hope that people listening today feel a little differently about trying to find significance. What do you think?
0: Oh, I I hope so. I pray that everybody listening realizes how significant they already are and that how important every little thing that they do is big and small. God is going to use it all.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, Rachel, thanks again for being on the show. And thank you for listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. The Compare To Podcast is glad to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Group. For more great Christian podcasts, check out lifeaudio.com. Oh, hey there, before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration, and I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hello, hello, Ponice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's word.